We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always by my co-host, Nick Filato. Today we are here to break down the New York Giants defense on the All-22 film against the New York Jets. And, you know, I spent all last podcast, Nick, and so did you, talking about how pathetic and boring it was to watch the Giants offense on film. I'm using those words. I hope somebody hears this like Dable so that can resonate with them. Not that he would ever care. But, like, nobody wants to see that kind of football, okay? Let's just make that clear. But the defense was fun to watch. It was fun to watch for a third straight week at this point. They were really fun to watch against the Bills. They got screwed in that game. They were really fun to watch against Washington. They almost screwed themselves with a punt return uh, fumble. And they were really great in this game, with the exception of a few plays that, that did hurt them. But what do you expect from a defense that's on the field all game because your offense is literally just run, 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 punting on every single possession? You have to expect some misses, even against a quarterback like Zach Wilson, Nick. But I felt like their game plan against Wilson was excellent. And they've really honed in on this idea that they can pressure these types of quarterbacks, that they're not going to you know, play back, that they're going to dictate to these types of players. And I think that's the best way to play it moving forward against these kinds of quarterbacks. Obviously, you have to adjust your game plan when you play the better quarterbacks. But I felt like they were dialed in for this game, Nick. The run defense might have been even better than it has been at any point this year. And it had made such improvements already heading into this game. So they've really dialed in and figure out what to do on the run as far as a run defense goes. Now that might change with Leonard Williams no longer in the picture. It's going to make things a little more hard and difficult for Okereke and McFadden, but I feel like they've taken enough of a jump that they can overcome that. We'll see if I'm right about that, Nick. And as far as the pass defense goes, with the exception of some, you know, one-on-one losses for Deontay Banks against a really talented, young, great receiver, who's probably going to be one of the best in the NFL and Garrett Wilson, in general, the Giants just didn't give up that much in the passing game with the exception of that. And so it was a very concentrated effort by the Jets. It was all Brees Hall. It was all Garrett Wilson making plays for them, essentially the entire game. That was it. And I give Zach Wilson a credit for a couple of those plays as well. And I know you do as well from looking at your notes. But overall, through and through, the Giants, I think, did a good job here on defense to really give the offense, give them a chance to win this football game. Yeah, this was more of a a Wink Martindale's philosophy. What runs through Wink Martindale's bones and his and his DNA and his blood was this game plan. I and mean, you can see it on the first play of the game. Michael McFadden just blitzes right through the A-gap and gets in. And how many times have we seen McFadden blitz through the A-gap or right through the B-gap? And they were open almost every single time where the running back had to step up and, and try to block him or the blockers tried to constrict that rushing lane. And the reason why it was open was because the Giants know how to align their defensive front and then know where those defensive linemen are going to move post-snap 
to make sure that there are no Jets blockers, at least in the five-man protection up front, to account for Micah McFadden. So they were doing that. They were bringing Jason Pinnock. They were flooding the B-gap again. They had another play similar to last week where Jahad Ward and Jason Pinnock both attacked the B-gap, and then a bunch of people dropped off the opposite side of the line of scrimmage into coverage. And you could tell Zach Wilson, it took a long time for him to process that he's holding on to the football for quite a while. He did make some impressive throws down the stretch of this game. He was rewarded by that Adoree Jackson defensive pass interference because that was a horrendous throw but man I wouldn't even be able to throw the football if I was Zach Wilson because Dexter Lawrence was in this kid's lap the entire game Kayvon Thibodeau was winning around the edge and dude Kayvon Thibodeau's how his feet and his hands are working together it's excellent bro if he can continue to develop that man because he was working the double swipe and then right when he would get to the double swipe he would be able to basically establish vertical position up his pass rushing arc to where he could Get that half-man relationship and dip and bend and then just rip through the outside shoulder of Makai Becton. And Makai Becton, dude, he took another stupid penalty in this game. Uh, We were talking about dumb penalties in the last podcast. He shoved Kayvon Thibodeau down on the guy. I don't know what Kayvon Thibodeau was saying, but there were a few snaps where at the end of it, Kayvon Thibodeau would just kind of walk up the big number 77, say something, and Makai Becton just not having it. And it ended up causing the the one uh, unnecessary roughness penalty on Becton. But yeah. Very impressed with what we saw from Kayvon Thibodeau and, and Dexter Lawrence is just, this is the craziest game I think I've ever seen from a defensive lineman, at least one of that size. Be. Yeah, it insane. has to be, even for any defensive lineman I've ever watched with the Giants, uh, any interior defensive lineman, because I've yeah. been some, I have to think about some of the crazy tuck games, the straight hand games. I mean, Osiumura had six sacks in a game at one point. That yeah, was yeah. probably the best defensive performance I've ever seen by a crazy. Giants player. But this is up there. This is top five. This is on the short list. I mean, I think he was credited for, by one source for 14 pressures and by another source for 15 pressures. PFF, I think, had him at 15, true at 14. Regardless, and I know they had backup centers in there, the Jets. They had injuries at center in game. It was happening dude, against McGovern, too. But it was happening against McGovern, too. And when you have 15 pressures as a nose tackle, it's just an insane number to even think about in a game. That's- right now, Dexter Lawrence, I talked to you about this on the podcast before. Let's go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say that's more pressures than anybody else who plays nose tackle. And yeah. most of these pressures in this game came from the nose. It's not like he's rushing right. from the five tech position. Right. Exactly. I would say, mo- yeah, majority of them did. And that goes to show, I mean, this is like we said on the last pod, BJ Hill is second in as far as pressures from the nose tackle position. He only has six. Dexter had 15 in this entire game from, and like you said, most of them from that position, he just dominated. Like, this is the thing against Washington, against the jets. I, I almost feel like, you know, at times you go back to what Gettleman said and he, he had some truths in what he was preaching, Dave Gettleman, Nick, because he was right. If you could find a player like a Dexter Lawrence to put in the middle of your defense, it can really alter an F with the opposing team's entire game plan. There was no way for the Jets to get around what Dexter Lawrence was able to do when he's coming right up at you. Interior pressure, you're coming right in your face as a quarterback. You don't have many options there. You can try to slide and juke him out and reset, or you could try to roll out and then cut off half the field by rolling out. Both those options are pretty shitty. The slide and reset is great if it works, but it's really hard to do. You have to juke the defender and get him to commit himself and take himself out of the play, which won't always happen for a player like Dexter Lawrence because he's really controlled with his body and he can stay in a good position to, you know, maintain where he wants to be. And look at look, you're seeing now, if you're watching on YouTube, some of these pressures right here from Lawrence, let's run these. Yeah, we're running these these pressures, and you can just see how much of an impact Lawrence has. And in a lot of these, he has that one-on-one matchup because look at what the Giants can do against a team when you don't respect their pass rush or when you, right. when you don't respect their ability to pass the football. You can just align guys everywhere, so it's going to force that one-on-one matchup. And when you have a player like Dexter Lawrence, it's it, it gives you such an advantage because, look, 
one-on-one in that guard tries to help out. Dexter Lawrence is right in the face of Zach Wilson. Cordell Flott does an excellent job on Alan Lazard in complete passes. Look how many guys are on the line of scrimmage for the Giants in these situations. A lot of these are third down situations, but when you don't trust the, the opposing passing attack, you can align a lot of guys on the line of scrimmage. Even when you do trust it, Wink Martindale does that as well. And he, he brings blitz, he bails, he does so many different crazy shit. Yep. It's just so fun to watch this film of Dexter Lawrence just dominating. Just running through, just running through offensive linemen, man. And they're trying to like transition, you know, I'm going to pass the center to the guard because the Giants are bringing so many slanting and looping uh, de- defensive linemen around. Dexter Lawrence, because Dexter Lawrence is the catalyst to the pressure that you can generate here, but you can see him split double teams like he's doing at this moment. I thought Leonard Williams was no longer a giant, which is crazy, but Leonard Williams had a great game. He had six pressures as well. So it's just um, everything facilitates around Dexter Lawrence. And now without Leonard Williams, Dan, who do you think is going to get a lot of these snaps? Because Ashawn Robinson looked really good in this game, but he right. seems to have a defined role in the three defensive interior defensive lineman packages. So base personnel and also in like three, three, five nickel. We saw some Ashawn Robinson out there and he looked good, dude. They, like a lot of these runs that were blown he up by the giants. Good. It was, it was Ashawn Robinson just tossing the tackle aside and just throwing a tight end who was trying to help the tackle away. So I'm so glad that we're starting to see a little bit of development from Ashawn Robinson, but I'm imagining a lot of those snaps still probably go to DJ Davidson. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they evolve Ashawn's role. I think they might. I think you're right. Some will go to Davidson. But Ashawn's been playing really well for two games in a row now. And get, and he's had more opportunities in both of those games. So I'm curious if they'll give him a chance to maybe flash in a role similar to what Leonard Williams had, or at least to some degree. It'll be interesting to watch, but he definitely is on the up right now, and his stock is definitely going up. Yeah, man. It's uh it's kind of crazy though now without Leonard Williams to see exactly what happens on the uh defensive side of the football, but he's still got Dexter Lawrence there. So whoever can play next to him could likely benefit from earning some stats that they right. wouldn't earn if it wasn't for big ninety seven out there. Let's run some let's run some film now, Nick. All right, we're gonna get into the plays. We saw a lot of man coverage from the New York Giants, which is no surprise whatsoever. It's something that Wink Martindale does often. And I got to say that the coverage was pretty damn good by the Giants. Deontay Banks, look, you're going to lose some to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson got yeah. the best of him in this game. There there are some releases that Garrett Wilson had that I was just like, dude, that, that is absolutely insane. But let's go through this first play here from the New York Giants, where it is a first and 10, 14, 28. And um, we're going to see... We'll see uh, this release by Garrett Wilson. I just wanted to show that. Look, look at the uh, the nickel, the bottom of your screen. This is against Tay Banks. Nothing against Tay Banks, but holy crap, dude! Look how <laughs> look how smooth that is from Garrett Wilson. So I just kind of wanted to, to show you because this is one of the best wide receivers in football right now at, at this moment. And this is the play where Zach Wilson ends up getting hit, and they thought it was a fumble, but it wasn't a fumble. But he ends up fumbling a little bit later. Yeah, and that's. Garrett Wilson's really good with his releases off the line of scrimmage. It's one of the main things I noticed in this game. Yeah, and you can see this is the from the uh, end zone angle. Dexter Lawrence just runs through his guy. Leonard Williams gets in there, and they all just converge on Zach Wilson. I almost said sack there, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, and uh, ball ends up popping out. But now we're going to see the actual fumble. Now, this is third and five, so this is only two plays later from the play we just watched. Kayvon Thibodeau, great jump, double swipe, cleanly wins around the edge, and sacks. Zach Wilson. If you look at the coverage, Dan, like, is there really anybody open for Zach? Zach's trying to nope. extend this play. He wants to go to Brees Hall in the flat, but Cordell Flott does such a good job not carrying this receiver who's attempting to clear him out. You can see Cordell Flott's eyes go right to Brees Hall. It's a smart play 
from Cordell Flott. It's like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to pass this receiver off. I know I have too high coverage, a too high right. shell. I have help over the top. Don't allow a check down to be completed and let's allow our pass rush to get home. And that's exactly what happens. So Cordell Flott might deserve an assist for this play. Yeah. Great observation by you on Flott. And now just, this is beautiful, beautiful by Kayvon Thibodeau. Great jump. He's wide. Great land job the double closing this. Oh yeah. Land the double swipe, bring the rip. And the double swipe was, was so effective that he probably didn't even need the rip move double swipe. And then watch as he double swipes, he's already up into the outside shoulder, right? Like he's winning. He has leverage through the pass rushing arc, but watch how he flips his hips and gets his hips oriented in on Zach Wilson. Just like that. Like everything is working together. The feet, the hips, and the hands are all working together here. Hips are now oriented in on Zach Wilson. So what do you do? You just need to have the body control to take that angle, take that path, and win through pursuit. And that's exactly what he does. He uses that rip, doesn't allow Makai Becton's length to deter him or throw him up the pass rushing arc and away from Zach Wilson. And he just explodes around. That's just a very, very good play from Kayvon Thibodeau. And he closes it out. That's the thing I was talking about in last night's podcast. Yeah. I love his ability to use his length, use his body control, use his athleticism and his balance. And I think a lot of it really is his length and his closing burst to just finish these plays for sacks. Like, you know, that's what you're looking for in a lot of ways. Like he really eats up such a small area right there to close that sack down. And I've seen a lot of edges in the past with the Giants just be able to get up field and make a play and a pressure, but not be able to close out for these sacks. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau does a really good job of closing out. And it's, it's his, it's the manner in which he softens this angle and doesn't yep. allow Becton to affect him, right? Like he, he create, he makes this angle so tight and he has the body control and the bend too. He's not the bendiest. He's not as easy out there, but he still has the body control and bend to win in those tight corners to get his hips oriented into the pocket and then explode through, which his burst and his explosiveness are two of the traits or one of the traits, if you want to say they're the same, that, uh, that I think is probably his his best attribute as a football player right now. And if he can continue to develop with the hands and, and the feet and a pass rush like that, oh man, you're going to be talking about an incredible pass rusher. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Here is just a, a first in 15. Looks like there's some sort of miscommunication with the Giants in the bottom of the screen. This is just a simple like slant flat from the Jets. But I just wanted to point out the miscommunication because they both take the flat. And then right. nobody takes the slant. And you can see Nick McLeod pointing to Xavier McKinney, like, bro, that's yours. What the hell are you doing? And then they look at each other at the end of the play. And I don't know who is right or who is wrong. I would have to imagine that Xavier McKinney knows what he's doing since he's a captain out there and he's a right. leader of the team. Nick McLeod seems pretty uh pretty certain that um that it's not that that wasn't his guy, but I don't know the coverage. But I just wanted to point that out because I haven't seen much of that on tape, True. at least in the last like five or six games. And that is a good point sign. We don't want to see that type of stuff on tape. We saw it a lot on tape with some of the teams the Giants have played. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, here's a second and 10 play. They got Dalvin Cook on the football field. Use him as a fast four over to the field side. But Zach Wilson sees how the linebackers quickly flow. You can see Bobby Okereke just quickly gets there. Zach Wilson doesn't like that. It's a very good play by Bobby Okereke and the Giants flowing. But that isolates the one-on-one -on -one to the bottom of the screen. And Tay Banks does a great job. Look, Tay Banks wasn't terrible in this game. He just wasn't good either. And he lost, if you wanted to look at it through that prism, right? Like mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson got the best of him. But here's a really good rep from Tay Banks. He's all over Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson tries to hit the back shoulder. Tay Banks says, nah, son. Plays through the catch point. Knocks the football away. It's a good play. Yeah, that was and one that, of his best plays of the game. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. And you'll see it from this angle. You see Zach Wilson takes that step. Karake flowing. Knows he has the one-on-one. -on -one. Football's actually somewhat catchable too. It's yeah. just really, really good coverage. Now we're going to see a third and 10. Let me get some defensive rotation. <laughs> just crazy. Wink Martindale defensive rotation to a cover three where I think that's Jason Pinnock who's acting like he's going to blitz. It's a third down and 10. So Zach Wilson's expecting the pressure. He's going to bail all the way to the deep middle of the field closed. The pre-snap middle of the field closed bails over the number two and the Giants bring that number two, that apex defender through the B gap with Jihad Ward looping. I was referring to this play before, and you could see just how many New York Giants end up getting home on this five-man pressure where you have two guys looping through the B-gap. Kayvon goes wide of the tight end, and the tackle opens up that B-gap. You had the defensive lineman slant inside, bringing the guard in that direction, scheming up pressure, dropping someone in the middle of the field close, maybe hoping to get some sort of ill-advised throw. No one is really open. Which you almost got from Zach Wilson, by the way. Which you almost got from Zach Wilson, of course. And who is that? I think that's Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons is in on coverage here, and he's watching Michael Carter. Michael Carter tries to just leak out, and Isaiah Simmons is all over it and just knocks this football away and throws Michael Carter out the club, as they say, as the cool kids say. Yeah, Wilson throwing back across his body is never advised and you know could have led to a potential turnover. Didn't in this regard. Could have, yeah, you're right. And you can see, man, there's a lot of communicating at the line of scrimmage from Zach Wilson. Play clocks running down. Both Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence go through the inside shoulder of their respective offensive linemen. That is deliberate. So Jihad Ward and uh, Cordell Flott can just run right through that wide open B gap. And there's just, there's so much going on in Zach Wilson's head at that moment. 
So it's tough for him to, to find a, a resolution. And then it ends up being fourth and 10. And Thomas Morstead has to punt. But now we're going to have this first and 10 at the end of the first quarter, just disappointing tackling, just terrible angle by Michael McFadden, who had a great game other than really that play. And I think one other missed tackle they had in CJ Uzama, just a long touchdown by Brees Hall, where I don't know what Michael McFadden's doing. I don't know what Jason Pinnock's doing. Xavier McKinney gets blocked out of this play. Bobby O'Karake sets to the outside to force every to force Brees Hall back to all of his teammates. And <laughs> none of them made the damn tackle. Look how smooth Brees Hall looks in open space when he's cutting with the football. And that angle just showed a great example of it. Just the his ability to get in and out of his cuts without losing that much acceleration is so crazy. Like Jeez. right here, it's this right here. It's that manipulation of space right there. That was so just almost, wild to me. It almost looks There's like he no goes space. dead leg right here. Like you would yeah. imagine he gets tackled. There's one blocker and you have a right. bunch of five giants who are in pursuit. Just nowhere to go here. And Pinnock hits that near hip, that inside hip, but it just looks like, like I don't even know how Brees Hall, I don't even know if Pinnock makes clean contact or contact yeah. at all. That's just a really good body manipulation by Brees Hall. And now you have McKinney all these other gets blocked out of that play as well. Yeah, McKinney got, yeah, he got blocked out of that play. Just this and then the end of the game, which we have the plays in here, unfortunately, are the uh, only really blights on the New York Giants yeah. from, from uh, yesterday's game. Because other than that, Giants defense played phenomenal. Oh, yeah, by the way, one thing I wanted to bring up about this, too. This was a low-key, this first and 10, that Brees Hall touched mm -hmm. on, low-key, really good play by Zach Wilson. Just like a really creative throw. Watch. I wanted to highlight this and give the kid credit because he gets much maligned, rightfully or wrongfully so. Dude, he sidearms that. Yeah. Like, Ashawn Robinson is knocking this down if this is an over-the-top traditional release. He changes and the arm slot. He changes the arm slot, and there's two giant... Like, look, like Ashawn just misses it, and then Jihad Ward just misses it as well. This right. football is not even into Brees Hall, Brees Hall's chest at this moment. And there's two New York Giants hands, I don't know, mere inches away from the football. So just a really creative throw by Zach Wilson and ended up being the difference in this game. Yep. It's kind of crazy. Now we're going to have a first and 10, 547 left in the second quarter. Just good run defense by Boogie Basham, Dexter Lawrence, and then Micah McFadden. And one of the things that we brought up about Micah McFadden so frequently is how he's able to slip around blocks. This dude is slippery. Man, like a really slippery player because yeah. he, the, the tight end, I think that's Tyler Conklin has the angle on Micah McFadden. He's coming at Micah McFadden to block him and look, gets great contact on Micah McFadden. That should eliminate the linebacker, but still McFadden is able to bring his out or his inside shoulder through the outside shoulder of Tyler Conklin and then present his numbers to Brees Hall and make the tackle. Like that's a really good yeah. play by Micah McFadden who had again, a really good game, just uh, two plays that were uh, certainly negative. And then Boogie Basham's able to avoid the uh, split or the um, split block, the ca uh, cat block, whatever the hell you want to call it, and make this play. This is like the first time we're talking about Boogie Basham on this podcast, which uh, isn't necessarily a great thing. And then Dexter Lawrence just tosses this center to the side to present his numbers in on Brees Hall at the time of receiving the football. So just um, good run defense overall by the New York Giants. Yeah, that's just like a rep that will go unnoticed by Dexter Lawrence, but it's just such a good rep that anyone who, like the coaches or anything, would be like, look at this rep. Like, this is a teach tape type rep, and it doesn't go, it doesn't count as a pressure because it's a run play. It doesn't count as a tackle for loss because Brees Hall obviously sidesteps out of there because why the hell would he not? Um, but it's just crazy to watch a, a defensive lineman beat a center like that. Dude, and it's also just like, look at the strength and the force yeah. in Dexter Lawrence's hands when he sheds this center. Like, he 
gets both of his hands inside. Everything is tight, low base, low hips, which is something I love about Dexter Lawrence, always very low. And he just throws the center to the side. The center has to like hook him and hold him a little bit to prevent yeah. him from blowing this play up. And then everybody else in the New York Giants ends up executing their run assignment pretty well. And this ends up going, I think, for maybe a one-yard gain or it might have been a stop at the line of scrimmage. Now we're going to have a, uh, there wasn't as much counter as I expected from the New York Jets in this game. This is a good run fit versus a, a motion counter. And I just kind of wanted to highlight Sean Robinson, who just throws this uh, tight end to the side. You tackle kind of tries to chip tight end, wants to block down on him with that advantageous angle. It's just not working. When the Giants come out in these, in these three defensive linemen fronts and these five man total fronts, and you can see six men with Xavier McKinney, who's on the line of scrimmage and the two linebackers, they really don't have an answer. For, for blocking Ashawn Robinson when he is aligned as a five technique or a six technique. Now, a five technique, if the tackle has to block down on somebody else like he does on this play, or he tries to climb up to the second level and it just leaves a tight end on Ashawn Robinson, it's a terrible, terrible uh, uh, situation for the opposing offense, man. And we've seen this two two weeks in a row where a tight end tries to block Ashawn Robinson aligned around the six technique, which means right over the top of the tight end or to the slightly inside of the tight end, if you want to say that. Just tosses them to the side. You can see everybody else just fill. Micah McFadden, Bobby yeah, Okereke. McFadden and Okereke Kavon. play this really well, too. And Gavon, all four of those guys just played this excellently. Well, the Giants, I and mean, I'm knocking on wood, bro, but the Giants haven't been burned by a counter run in quite a while. Yeah, they've adjusted well to it. They've adjusted well to it, for sure. Dan's bored by by this uh by this defensive. No, uh, <laughs> not bored by this defense. I'm just so tired. I've had so little sleep in the last three nights. No, nah, I feel you, bro. This is a um third and six play where the Giants noticed that <laughs> Garrett Wilson is really good. So they take Jason Pinnock. It looks like a too high shell pre-snap as we see a bunch of guys on the line of scrimmage. We're gonna bring the pressure, we're gonna dictate to you, try to get a pass off to uh Deontay Banks' side. If you want to do that, we're gonna have Jason Pinnock aggressively fly down and then take inside leverage on Garrett Wilson. So Garrett Wilson isn't even an option. Zach Wilson ends up scrambling, picks up a couple yards with his feet before he gets tracked down on this third and six. Doesn't pick up the first down on the scramble. Yeah, a lot of these third downs, from my opinion, from watching the film, was just like there wasn't really anywhere for Wilson to go with the football in addition to the pressure yeah. winning up front. So that's just the sign of great defense when you have it covered on the back end like it, like, and it looks like this and there's no real option for the quarterback and you also get the pressure in there so they have to scramble or get the playoff script. Exactly, man. I think that's an excellent point. You could see how players like Xavier McKinney, he's in great coverage. Cordell Flott, great coverage. They're taking care of Garrett Wilson, helping with Tay Banks, who misses his his jam. I think he's going to assume trail because he has help over the top with Jason Pinnock. At least that's what I hope because this isn't a good look if, if that wasn't the case. But um, yeah, man, the uh, man coverage from the Giants against these solid receiving core, really good at the top end with Garrett Wilson. But you know, Alan Lazard is their second receiver, and that's kind of uh, yeah. weak. You know, uh, Randall Cobb didn't play in this game, and that's like a loss to <laughs> to the to their offense, which is kind of crazy. But um, yeah. So here we're just gonna see uh, Kayvon Thibodeau blow up a rushing play to the boundary. I mean, he had a great game as a pass rusher with his three sacks. We don't talk enough about his run defense, and he's aligned outside of the tight end here, Dan, outside of the tight end, and he goes inside to beat Makai Becton through his inside shoulder, and then still bends around this tight corner. And then stretches Brees Hall all the way towards basically the midpoint of the sidelines to where all of the other Giants can rally and make this tackle. This play is made by Kayvon Thibodeau, even though this is why pro football focus is uh, grades are a little, eh, he might be credited with a missed tackle on this play. I'm right, not right. Certain. Which is <laughs> but, stupid. 
Yeah, also he, love this, how Micah McFadden played this to get to to cut off to get contain here and to and to force this back inside. He just such a high effort play by Micah on this one. Dude, Micah, yeah, he has a guard who gets a almost a free release. A really yeah, good a release, free, yeah. Free release up to him, and he's able to elongate Brees Hall and force him to think about a cutback. Right. Dane Belton's out here too, and Dane Belton's getting like driven back by Jeremy right. Rucker. It's just uh, Micah McFadden, dude. I know we've talked a lot about him, but it, it's warranted. It's warranted. He's taken such a big step moving forward. It's great to see because I wasn't really expecting that much out of McFadden going into this year. And now I have a totally different outlook on what he can be for this team's future. I will say this, not to throw cold water on that. Mm-hmm. I think he's amazing inside the box. We've been saying that for a while, but outside the numbers in pursuit, the CJ Uzama play, that Brees Hall play, yep. I still think that's an area of improvement that we that we need to see because there's sure. still too many missed tackles in, uh, when, when um, those types of plays are going on. Now we're going to see a uh, Kayvon Thibodeau sack. This is on a first and 10, 219 left in the fourth. Should have ended the game, really. No, that the fourth and 10 is the one that should have ended the game. This is the first and 10. I think sack. both should have essentially <laughs> ended the game. With, with Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, fair point. Fair point. But look at the coverage, bro. Look at yeah. the couple. Like, where, where is Zach Wilson going to go with the football? Right. And the fact that he got flushed that direction, there's really no routes breaking over that direction right. except for Michael Carter, who's covered by Isaiah Simmons. And a lot of this is caused because, A, Kayvon Thibodeau won with that double swipe move again, but Dexter Lawrence just split a double team yeah. and got held on that play too. But, you know, we're not going to. You can see him asking for the hold at the end, but they're not calling it. Uh, that, that That's a bad hold. Not as bad as is the one we're about to go over, but that's that's You'll a rough one. 64 yeah. just holding him by the hips. <laughs> yeah. like You would imagine someone of Dexter Lawrence's pedigree would be getting these flags. I, I think that's it's a little. I was thinking. Like, yeah. A little egregious that they're not. I'm not a big blame the refs guy, but uh, they sucked yesterday. I'm sure the Giants got away with some though too, as right. Jet fans will point out and then try to take their victory laps if they're beating a shitty two and six team. Okay, yeah, have fun in the AFC with with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. <laughs> and now we're gonna have the um, this is the fourth and ten sack, the double move sack. Oof. Great two man coverage, as we'll see. So you got that cover five. Two guys go. Deep safety. You have two eyes on Garrett Wilson. And then they just pass routes off very well. And if we just look at Kayvon, man, Kayvon goes in the body control on this play. Yeah, is that's what insane, it's saying, dude. Nobody taught like that's what Sal and Brandon Tierney or whoever it was from WFN didn't realize when they're like, oh, this guy has no traits. This guy has no traits. Like, what about body control? Look how fluid he is as an athlete from that standpoint there. To be able to make that move requires such a high level of body control. Dude. Once he puts that inside foot into the ground to feel yeah. like he's going inside, I don't know how he is able smoothly to right. how how he smoothly transitions to go outside, and it just looks like robotic, man. It is it is it is a perfect move. This is a perfect move. Like look look at his body right now. He just put all of his weight on that inside foot, and right. look how he explodes off of it to get right around. Like sixty one, there's no chance for him to block this once he makes the decision to close down the inside. Once you he go makes back that, to decision, that, go back to the plant part for a second, like where he has his right leg planted. When he makes the move to get back after this, you would think that it would take him to like a wider angle back out more left and like clunkier and you have to kind of, but look how it, there's no, he, he provides, he basically narrows the hell out of that second move to get back up yep. field. It's crazy how he moves like this. Like in my opinion, if I had taken a, if let's just say me or you, Nick, or anyone in life had taken a step that wide with your right foot to get back moving left, you're going to have to completely compensate by moving your body, your hips, your leg back to the left. He doesn't really move his leg, body or hips back left. He just kind of, 
goes back vertical and then transitions upfield. It's kind of insane to watch. That is a wild play by Kayvon Thibodeau, an absolutely wild play. And dude, he deserved this win so much, man. Like, the Giants defense deserved this win. And I know, I know they ended they up really capitulating. busted their ass for the team. Oh man, that's a fourth and 10. That's a game ceiling sack. Yep. Like, Should have been. I, I said ESPN analytics had a 98 or 97.8% chance to win. That's what I saw. Somebody mm. else put up something else from the ESPN analytics said they had a 99% chance to win after that sack. Wow. 99%. And you found a way to blow it, dude. That is so crazy. That is Joe judge to another level. No wonder I had this Freudian slip. And now I just have the, the final sequence of plays, man. This is to, uh, before overtime, you have the cave on jump off sides thing. We can go through that. And Garrett mm. Wilson, on this deep dig route. Let's see. I think maybe his head is, is, is over. So we'll go right when the, the ball just moved. So the ball's moved there. What do you think? It could be. It's close. It's close. It's close. Like, like I'm fine with like this being called offsides. If it was called offsides more often, I'm sure there are tons of plays on film like this for every team around the NFL where there's not called. And you just say it was a good jump. Remember Frank, Frank Clark a couple years ago with the Chiefs oh, yeah. kept getting those great jumps. Like, and that was probably similar looking to this, if not more exaggerated than this. Yeah, man. So they get the flag, but they complete the pass too. Dane right. Belton gets influenced towards the field side and Zach Wilson, man, this is a good throw. And it's a soft spot as well. You have Tay Banks and outside leverage and no one's there from basically the top of the logo to the bottom of the logo. So good play by the New York Jets. And here's the second 29, the second consecutive 29-yard pass to Alan Lazard who breaks away from Adoree Jackson, which is just wildly unfortunate. Dexter Lawrence gets in again and flushes Zach Wilson out of the pocket. But that was a great throw by Wilson. Cross his body, rolling to his right, all momentum rolling right. This is just an arm talent type throw. And it was also just really good awareness by Alan Lazard. I think this is a yep. veteran play by Alan Lazard, who was like, I have a cornerback to the outside, and then right. nobody's to my inside because the safety is so deep. And since Michael McFadden, I think that is 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 spying, essentially, or not really spying, but I think he's just a buzz defender, but he sees Zach Wilson rolling in that direction. He's going to naturally flow in that direction. And Al Lazard found that soft spot in man coverage away from Adoree Jackson. And that just set up the field goal. And now we work into overtime where you get the pass interference against Deontay Banks. I think that's a fair call, but I just, I don't yeah. know, Dan, how you don't call this. And I'll show it on the end zone angle on um for Dexter Lawrence cuz this is one of the more egregious holds that I've ever seen that hasn't been called. You rarely see somebody get turned like this. Right. Like look at that. Like he gets turned away from Zach. Like he's cleanly right. beat this guard and he's turned to the point where the back of his numbers are facing Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson ends and up the, taking And the hit. person who turned him, it's not like he was upright when he turned him. So you could argue that he was inside with the block. He's on the ground while turning a player. That is yeah. obviously a hold. This isn't a like if I'm the New York Giants, I'm like, I need a explanation because from the NFL, you have, yeah. From the NFL, because you have two two refs looking at this. And I don't know, maybe <laughs> they're so concerned with player safety that they're like, Well, right. Zach Wilson's about to get killed by Jason Pinnock. We got to make sure that it's not a high hit or a low hit. He has to hit right. him perfectly. So no one's even looking at the fact that Dexter Lawrence is getting just not dragged. even hugged, man, just dragged down to the ground. So this is why also I like tweeted, player man. safety, like you don't want offensive linemen pulling back pulling backwards defensive linemen or defensive players like that from that from that area like that could be you know risk toward his health 
Yeah, it could be, but yeah, no, that's that's probably one of the more egregious holds you'll yeah. ever see. I don't know how Dexter Lawrence uh, he's, he was held at least like five or six times in this game. This one, man, like that's that's tough, man. You 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 have to call that. It would have been offsetting penalties, and the right. Giants would have been able to um, have another chance because of this stupid Tay Banks um, uh, right. penalty as well. And then it sets up the Adore Jackson pass interference. I don't know if Adore Jackson thought he had safety help because he allows this uh, Malik Turner receiver to just run right past him. And Turner, maybe he's really fast. I don't know too much about no. his profile, but that's not like <laughs> Adore. It's just not like Adore Jackson. Yeah. And it, I think and he thought so, he had help. He must have, man. And it's and just then once so... he realized the ball, like he had to catch up and I don't think he could stop his momentum to stop the pass interference. I think you're right because this is so stupid because this is a terrible throw. Like terrible. Zach Wilson had some dimes in this game and he looked, he looked, I don't want to say good, but he had some good throws. This one, like the fact that the jets got this penalty and I get, yes, you can call it, but it's just like, that's not, that ball's not getting caught. Right. <laughs> like he ends up getting hit and the ball is just severely underthrown. I, I get it though. Like Dory yeah, Jackson, you, needs to you be have smart. to call it, but it just sucks because he's not catching that football. Look how underthrown it is. I know. And then the jets won the football game. So, you know, good for them, I suppose. Bad for the Giants, but we'll move on. <laughs> we'll see at the end of the, We'll see at the end of time. You'll never know. You can't even know Ben until the end of the season because, like I mentioned last night, thought like it was a bad thing to win that game against Washington, twenty nineteen or whatever it was. And then Andrew Thomas is actually better than Chase Young. So at least yeah. for this team, he certainly is, um, and I think he is overall. Let's get into some superlatives, though. It's more fun for the defense, so we did these for the defense. I want to hear your unheralded player on tape. Jeez, I actually had Leonard Williams as the unheralded yeah, player, and fair. I wrote this before the trade. So if I'm going to do an unheralded player that um, that is still a New York Giant, that is currently on the roster, Cordell Flott. I thought Cordell Flott played yeah, very well going with. in this game, and like a like a, a, a breakout type performance where he's not going to necessarily um, get probably as much credit as he should, but he was sticky in coverage. He had a couple Barry. PBUs. I think Jason Pinnock, if it wasn't for that missed tackle, he could fall into this. He had two huge third down passes defensed against uh, tight ends. Looked good in man coverage as well. So kudos to Jason Pinnock. Yeah, I'm giving it to Flot. Those two PBUs you talked about were really textbook great stuff. The first one you broke down earlier, Nick, was just awesome. Like that's exactly the type of talent that he flashed when I watched him at LSU when I was like, this dude has a chance to be really good and click and close in coverage. And I think he still has that ability to stay on those receivers' hips and be a really good coverage guy for the Giants moving forward. In addition to Dante Banks, Deontay Banks. Those are the two guys right now that I really have circled as like potential solutions in the secondary for the Giants moving forward. We still want to see more from Flot. I still need to see more and consistent. But for now, I'm thinking that this is definitely a player trending in the right direction. And I'm giving him unheralded player of the game. How about highest effort player of the game? I think it's hard to give it to anybody else here, but let's see who you have. Yeah, it's Kayvon Thibodeau, man. The guy was uh, the guy was everywhere sacking the quarterback. And I get people be like, he only had three pressures. Like Kayvon Thibodeau was doing so much as a run defender as well. This guy was was crucial to the Giants defense and helped the Gi helped keep the New York Giants single-handedly almost in this game along with Dexter Lawrence, I guess you could say. And the defense as a whole, I don't want to take anything away from everyone else. Defense played well, so definitely came on. And it's funny because, you know, before the draft, a lot of the discussion was he's a great prospect, but does he play with the effort that you want? And I feel like the effort thing is like, part of what makes him great so far with the Giants and so effective with the Giants. So it's actually worked the opposite of what um, I guess some scouts or people in the community were suggesting could be in play. So just interesting to see that play out. Best player overall. Best player overall is going to be Dexter Lawrence. We already ran through some of his highlights. I'm going to bring up a really nice play by Micah McFadden right here who could have also 
uh, warranted, unheralded, or highest effort yes. player. But yes, Dexter Lawrence, it's uh, it's easy choice. Did you have, uh, and that's obviously my choice as well, you're not going to have a guy go 14, 15 pressures in a game and just absolutely annihilate anyone that was in front of him and not win best player overall. He's This was one of the best play. I think this is one of the best performances of his career, to be honest with you, Nick. Like Just straight up on film, how often he just beat the man in front of him, play after play after play after play. It was our, uh, arguably one of the best performances of his career, if not the best. So just to keep that in perspective. But player you wanted to see more from in this game or player that struggled a little bit. Yeah, players struggle a bit. Has to be Tay Banks, but mm-hmm. you know it's going to happen when you're a rookie cornerback and right. you're going up against a top five receiver. Because Garrett Wilson might be a top five receiver in the league, and he's being productive with Zach Wilson as his quarterback. And Tay Banks lost quite a few reps to him. It's just going to happen. So if I had to pick somebody, Tay Banks, but I'm not sour on him at all. I think that's really important to keep this in perspective. We came into this year, Nick, saying to each other, and even on this podcast, like there could be, there's going to be like a lot of ugly games for Deontay Banks. This is just the reality in the life of playing cornerback in the NFL as a rookie. And there just hasn't been until this game. And this wasn't even that ugly of a game, but he did lose on a lot of reps to Garrett Wilson. This is the type of stuff we probably expected could happen more often in his rookie season and hasn't happened enough. So that's the important perspective to take away here. I think the context of this is the first time he's really been in this category. Exactly, man. I mean, yeah, he surrendered a couple touchdowns, but he's also made a ton of plays and just been really sticky in man coverage. And he had good reps in this. It's not like he was getting toasted and it was one of those situations where you're like, bro, we got to get him out of there. Like, I don't think Deontay Banks is ever going to be that type of player. We've seen first round guys for the New York Giants in kind of recent memory be that with Eli Apple. Deontay Banks is not going to be that, but he's going to lose to Devontae Adams sometimes. He's going to lose to Justin Jefferson. He's going to lose to Garrett Wilson as any top cornerback would. I'm still very encouraged by everything I've seen collectively from Deontay Banks. Agreed on that front. All right, let's do a pass rush grade one through 10. I have a 9.1, man. It was, <laughs> I mean, it could have given it a 10, right? It's just they didn't get home when it really mattered most, if you want to say that, but it kind of did too because the fourth and 10 yeah, play. Yeah, to roll out. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and the Giants also, they dropped eight on some of those plays, man, and they yeah. didn't even rush like Dexter Lawrence. So it was a kind of peculiar from Wink Martindale because they weren't prevent that first play to Garrett Wilson. It didn't prevent anything, which is unfortunate. But yeah, 9.1, one of the best performances we've seen in quite a while. Yeah, I actually gave it, uh, 9.3 maybe the best pass rush grade i've given on these since we started doing these just dexter lawrence himself 10 yeah gave on himself at a nine high nines and then the rest kind of followed through with that how about run defense this was even more impressive i think on a one to ten scale for you yeah man 9.6 you could give it a 10 if you wanted they to the run defense was one game was elite in this nine game. eight was- for me like this is yeah. as good as it gets from a run de- like you said there are even examples of them not being fooled by count i know the jets didn't use it a lot but anything the jets tried in the run game wasn't there for them at all at any point that's crazy to have a whole game go by like that this is how it used to be with the giants defense like back in the day like especially like, even like the 2016 run they had that one year where they're just stymieing any rushing attack and i think they're getting back to that level at least it looks like it so uh in these recent weeks I'm right there with you, man. Run defense was elite is what I wrote down. So yeah, you want to give it a 10? Go ahead. Give it a 10. That's cool yeah. because like they've shut down Brees Hall. This this team had a whole week to rest and prepare for the New York sure. Giants. And you know they wanted to run the football. It wasn't like, hey, you know what? We're just going <laughs> to throw the football with Zach Wilson all yeah. the time. That was not their game plan. And the Giants came in here and they executed. It's probably the best execution I've seen from a Giants rush defense in quite a while. Last week was pretty good too. Yeah. And last week was pretty good with the pass rush. But even in this game, man, it was... You know, sans the uh, the 
last two drives from the Jets. It was it was crazy. And those guys were out there so much. Again, this was gross. Like watching this game, Dan, yeah. it was just three plays, three plays, like three plays three on offense, plays, three, three plays on yep. defense. It's like, oh my God, there's there's a drive with four plays. This is crazy. Oh my God, it's so novel. Like it was just such a unique um experience watching. It was. It didn't feel like real football almost in a lot of ways. It was very interesting. But it's all the time we have for today on the Big Blue Banter podcast. Keep it locked and loaded. We got more coming. And I say this. We had an evergreen podcast we did last week with Matt Sims, former quarterback, that I think you should just check out if you haven't already or if you're new to this channel and this is the first thing you're seeing. Because it's going to be, you know, it wasn't specific to anything going on for this Jets matchup, really, or anything like that. Just a good quarterback analysis. Film-based analysis, traits-based analysis for someone who played the position. And he breaks down tape with us, too. So that's fun as well. So just check that interview out. Give it another shot or give it a shot if you haven't already. Otherwise, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com